Hello, and welcome to Gilead. I'm Rebecca Anderson, one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad you found us. We like to say around here that oversharing is the brand. On Sunday, October 23rd, 2022, as part of our Skeletons in the Closet series, Stu P. Mary Taylor opened up and let us have it. Here's Mary. I'm horrible with money. Thank you. I currently have in my bank account right now, as we speak, oh, 13 cents. Wow. You know, honestly, like negative $4. So this is great for me. Great news for me. I'm a chronic procrastinator. In high school, I turned in half of my schoolwork for one of the classes uh, for one of, one of the semesters five minutes before grades were due. Thank you. Yeah, not like the end of the semester like normal students. I mean, I turned them in minutes before my teacher had to turn in his grades for us. Luckily, the teacher was just as good at procrastinating as I was. Uh, and the grades were based off of completion and not quality. Thank God. I'll even overshare with complete strangers, like customer service. Uh, uh, what? Like customer service when I'm requesting help, I'll go on and on about how, how irresponsible I am, about how yes, I know I should know what an IRA is, but I have negative four dollars and thirty-four cents in my bank account. Please help this almost thirty-two-year-old by explaining how the world works. I leave almost nothing to the imagination for anyone, uh, for anyone I stumble across. And I live a completely shamelessly weird and what others might classify as embarrassing life. See, I have no skeletons here. Everything is out in the open and I am a completely open book. At least that's what I want people to think. I discovered I was fat when I was in the third grade. Up to that point, my mom had purchased elastic waist pants because that's what she wore, so that's what she knew. But as it goes with most youngsters, I got the classic case of FOMO. All the cool kids had actual jeans, denim jeans, glitter jeans, the retro cool very in bell-bottom jeans. And they also had really cool graphic tees. Why can't I have that? So I asked my mom if I could get real official button and zipper jeans so I could be cool like the cool kids, and she obliged. We went to Target, and we started in the kids' section where most of the kiddos my age were shopping until we eventually had to wander away from the kids' section. By the time we were done, we wandered into the junior section. Now, I don't know if the junior section still exists because I've stopped following the cute, trendy shit, but... It was essentially where teens and high schoolers shopped. Immediately, I started to feel this weird sort of dread. The cool glitter jeans and bright graphic tees that I saw at school were growing further and further away from my grasp the further we drifted into the junior section. I tried on pair after pair of jeans until finally I found a couple that fit. I stood in the fitting room mirror looking at my suddenly very unfamiliar reflection in the full-length mirror. All at once, I was keenly aware that other kids didn't have thighs that were shaped like mine. 
or ankles or hands or midsections. I'm fat. Holy shit, I'm fat. My world as I knew had come crushing, crumbling down around me and I had to reconcile that other people saw me as this and it was staring back at me in this overly bright fluorescent fitting room in a 2002 Target with tinny pop music drifting in from the scratchy speakers above. I was like those people on TV who are sad because, oh, they are fat and they live fat, sad lives. I'm what general audiences viewed as the ugly parts of the, of the 2001 flick Shallow Hal. Very obscure reference, if you know that. Clap for you. I'm one of those sad characters or bullies depicted on Disney Channel. Fuck, I'm fat. Where can I go from your skin? Where can I flee from your presence? In Psalms 139, they ask where they can go where God isn't. God insists on being there no matter what. God sees the shame and the fear and the tears and the shitty fucking circumstances we all have to go through as humans. Can we not escape these eyes of God? God being those fluorescent lights that insist on highlighting every crevice we'd rather not see. We're exposed thoroughly, called out for everything we'd rather not be public knowledge. From the Target fitting room debacle, I made a small, quiet, almost indiscernible promise to myself. Never again would I question how I looked to the world, and never again would I be shocked by myself. I will be at least a few steps ahead of everyone. I'd know exactly how people saw me, and I would know exactly what to do to keep any potential jokes or snide comments at bay. In eighth grade PE, which is like the upside down for any weird teen with too many hormones and without any hand-eye coordination, we were tasked to go get belts for flag football. Before grabbing one at random, because I knew better than that, I carefully observed the larger ones that my classmates were discarding so that I could silently grab one without catching weird looks from fellow students. I'm not so naive as to pick one at random that maybe didn't fit and that I would have to keep going until I found one that fit. No, no, no. I'd simply find the biggest one that I knew would fit and move on. No one would be the wiser. I began fastening the belt around my waist, and my teacher let out an exasperated sigh and exaggeratedly said, here, I'll do it. Before I knew it, the skinny former pageant queen of a PE teacher knelt in front of me, in front of the entire class, and made an example of me of how idiotic fat people are. Can't even fasten their own belts, despite the fact that I was actually definitely doing just fine. Thank you very much. However, by that point, Mary had known she's fat for five years now. She was mastering the craft of getting people in the room to be on her side. So I made faces to mock the situation, roll my eyes and laugh it off. And I shared the language of teenage angst with my fellow classmates. Adults wouldn't be able to understand because but what adults wouldn't be able to understand, but we all know what I was saying. Here, I'll translate for you. You're welcome. I was saying, are you all getting this? Like, isn't this crazy? And my classmates were like, yeah, Mary, that is so crazy. You're so right. 
man, you're like so cool and funny and neat. And we should hang out like all the time. And so I may have made up that last bit, but it still counts. It was emphasized then that all I had to do was show that I was aware of this shit and suddenly the room was on my side. Get to know my audience, their expectations, ride those expectations with them and then subvert them by letting them know that I know. They had no inside joke without me in on it. Living in a fat body my whole life and getting to know that party trick I learned in eighth grade PE of knowing my audience, I've lived a shameless life. At least that's what I'll have my audience believing. Mary, the brash, loud, bad budgeter who shares way too much information and finds very few, if any, topics too taboo or off limits. And in central Indiana, that's pretty weird. But at the end of the day, I'm respected due to knowing myself and my audience. My friends know about, how, about my sad little bank account about my inability to plan ahead, even for the slightest fucking thing. How many times in my adult life I've definitely peed my pants completely sober. They know about how I'll talk to strangers and how uh, and tell the stranger how irresponsible I am. How I'll overshare about this really embarrassing thing that just happened. They even know that when I was eight I, and we got Titanic on VHS, I would cry every time my heart would go on with play. Every fucking time. Damn it, Rose! There was room on the door! Okay. Anyway. But they don't know about how I can't ask for help because I view that as a weakness. I know it's not. They don't know about the thoughts I had as a kid about literally comparing the size of me to my friends and think, oh, I'm two of them or, oh, I'm three of them. They don't know about how I shove down hard emotions because no one wants to see a fat person cry. Or maybe they do and I just don't want to give them the satisfaction. Because fat people are always sad and fat because they're fat and isn't that just so sad? Living in a body that Western Eurocentric standards have de has deemed as shameful in and of itself, I have no room for other shame. I am the skeleton in the closet, my body, me. O oh Lord, have you searched me and known me? You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away and you search out my path, my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O oh Lord, you know it completely. We're called out by God, exposed for who we truly are, the dirty laundry we have is already aired out. And we're loved, not in spite of those things, but because of them, on top of everything else. We're already, we already know this, I know this, uh, no doubt, but to the little girl just discovering how the world sees her alone in a cold, fluorescent Target fitting room, this is a comfort. At the end of the day, the little girl noticing her chubby fingers feeling her thunder thighs and cankles in the mirror for the first time made a pact with herself. She'd never again, if she could help it, be unaware of how she was perceived. She'd overshare and fit a curated image of an individual who is fat, a ball of chaos, but is fun, so we might as well keep her around. Which is my exact plan for surviving the zombie apocalypse, by the way. Just really exploit my uh, 
comedic relief. You know, every zombie movie needs that. So, so, so here I am. If, if anyone, if anyone has a team getting together, I'm your gal. God insists on knowing the entirety of us. When the world says we should feel shame, we're embarrassed. Uh, but he, but God, embraces us, affirms that we are actually quite enough, just as we think. No target floor-length mirror or evil PE teachers can stop us from being the humans we are, riddled with dichotomies. The body society deems as shameful is actually beautiful, and the person who willingly shares the embarrassingly low amount in their bank account but finds it hard to ask for help or, or cry on another person's shoulder can all live in the same body, the body that God deems perfect and holds shameless and unconditional love for. We are loved wholly for who we are, entirely. Not just who the world sees us as. God has no curated Instagram feed of us. We're known entirely and embraced just as much for our skeletons we hold onto as we are for our amazing charm and wit and solid plan for the apocalypse. God knows the things we'd rather not share knows how we're too proud to ask for help, knows that the self-deprecation is a front, and God knows why we put those fronts up. And God holds our hand anyway, loves us anyway. Says, yeah, I know, and that's cool. We are not our shame. We are not our skeletons. To God, we are whole, ourselves, beautiful, cherished, and loved.